Hey friends, this is Josh Blair, and I'm the pastor of Central Valley Church, and this is our podcast. My prayer for the message you hear today is that it will inspire you and encourage you to walk closer with Jesus this week. If you want to stay connected with us, please check us out at CC Madera, both on Facebook and Instagram. And you can check out our YouTube channel, Central Valley Church. Thanks for listening. My name is Angela. I typically I, I typically teach children. Um, and you might think it's easy. It's not. I, I don't want you to think that it is for a second. Um, so I am at, I have a full-time job just like they do. And then I also have a part-time job of teaching our kids and leading our kids ministry at Mountain Christian Center. And you might think it is easy. You might think we just watch VeggieTales and throw fruit snacks at them. And that's all we do. And I promise you, that's not all we do. It's actually pretty brutal. Kids ministry is pretty brutal. And I wanted to share a couple stories with you to show you just how brutal it is. Um, You have to be prepared and ready because they don't have a filter and they'll just say whatever they think. Sometimes that's great. If you're a person with thick skin, that's super great. I'm not one of those people. I get, I'm one of those super fun people that's sensitive and get kind of offended about everything. So just, it's best if you don't talk to me at all, pretty much. So (laughs) no, but I also happen to be single and have no children. And I promise you that no woman who is single with no children wants to be reminded by a child that they are single with no children. But, but they did. So I'm in, I'm in our girls group with Impact one night, and that's our five-year-old to fifth-grade girls. And one of the girls comes up to me, and she's like, Miss Angela, will you color with me? And this is really how her voice sounded. She's, she's in uh, junior high or high school now. Her voice has matured, praise the Lord for that. So anyway, we're in there, and I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll sit with you in color. So I sit with her in color, and she's like, Miss Angela, who are your kids? And I was like, well, Lily, I don't have any. And she's like, coloring, Miss Angela, who's your husband? Well, I don't have one, Lily. Thank you. Pass the red. So then we're coloring, and she looks at me, and she's like, Miss Angela, are you a widow? (laughs) They do what they do, like only they can do it, right? And then uh, one of the nights I was like, all right, all my single ladies, all my single ladies come up. And one of the little girls, Reagan, looks at me and she's like, "Uh, not all of us are single. She was five. I don't know what kind of game she's got, but apparently it's working for her. So... Also, they tell your business. We, had, we have some very um, interesting prayers. We've prayed for a lot of dead animals that they're having a good time in heaven. So if you have a dead animal, chances are we've prayed for that animal. But uh, a couple of the cool prayer requests, um, one of our kids was praying, and we, we allow them to pray. I call on them, and they'll pray. And very earnestly, he's looking down, and he's like, Dear Jesus, Please, please take away my mom's wrinkles because they're really scary and I don't like them. (laughs) True. (laughs) He really did that. And then uh, one time I was talking about debt and trying to explain, like, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who debt against us, right? And so I'm like, hey, does anybody know, what do you think debt means? What does debt mean? A little boy in the back, Charlie, raises his hand. Yes, Charlie, what does it mean? Yeah, my mom's in debt to the bank. Uh, bank of <laughs> True story. So they will tell your business as well. So I would just be careful what you say because they will tell your business. But all that to say that kids' ministry can be pretty brutal at times. It's not easy. So shout out to Michaela. She's in the back with your children, and it is brutal, and it's not easy. And tell them to be nice to her, would you? <laughs> she deserves it.
Anyway, so that is kind of what I'm used to. Um, so if you see me walking around and giving you the eye, that means you're not listening. Uh, if, I, if I'm talking and I don't feel like you're with me, I might say, if you're listening, you're going like this. If you're listening, you're going like, so that's what I'm doing. It's just because I work with kids and I will call you out if you're picking your nose. It's just gonna happen. So that's the byproduct. <clears throat> that's a little about me. So when Pastor Josh first asked me to, if I would be willing to come and, and speak with you guys, and I said yes, I did, again, did not know that you guys were gonna have some amazing speakers, otherwise I would have said no. But I said yes, and, and immediately I knew what I was going to talk about. It was on my heart from the, from the moment that I said yes, this entire time I've, I've asked the Lord, is there something else? I didn't listen very long, so this is what we stuck with. But this has been on my heart um, to share with you guys, and I hope and pray that as we look at the Lord's word and walk through this passage, that really um, the Lord would soften our hearts and do a work in our hearts and that we would walk out differently than we came in. So I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then we're going to get started. Lord, we do thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you so much that you are the God who sees, and that you see us here, you see us now, you see our circumstances. It is not missed by you. You don't walk by it, but you know them, Lord. And we thank you so much for that. Not only do you know our circumstances, but you care. We are so thankful to serve a king who cares about us, who demonstrates his love so great by serving us. Thank you so much for your goodness, Lord. And I know you're here, and I want to ask that your presence would be with us, that you would guide us through your word, that you would open our eyes, and that we would see differently. Thank you so much for your goodness and faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. So the story that we're going to be covering, the passage that we're going to be reading is found in Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52, and we're going to read it, and I'd like to start just by reading the entire passage first. I believe they're going to have it on the screen for me. Yes, they are. Okay, so then they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples with a large crowd, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the road. When he heard that it was Jesus the Nazarene, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many were sternly telling him to be quiet, but he kept crying out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and he said, call him here. And so they called the blind man saying to him, take courage, stand up because he's calling you, he's calling you. And throwing aside his cloak, he jumped up and he came to Jesus. And answering him, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabboni, I want to regain my sight. And Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well. And immediately he regained his sight and he began following him on the road. That's our entire passage. That's the entire thing we are going through tonight. So I want to kind of go over and I want to talk about this man, Bartimaeus. And I want to start in verse 46 and 47. Bartimaeus was a blind man who could see. 
And what I mean by that is, as soon as they had told Bartimaeus who was walking, can we have that scripture up again for us, please? As soon as they told Bartimaeus who was walking by, even though he couldn't see, he could see. And I want to tell you, when I was in college, I went to college, and there was a blind kid who went to college with us. His name, funny enough, was Andy Opie. This guy was blind, but you would not know it if he didn't have a white stick with the little red, I, I don't know what the formal name of that stick is, but you know what I'm talking about. It has a little red thing at the bottom. Well, one time we went to the ocean just as a fun trip with a group of friends. This guy is like out in the ocean swimming and he's blind. I'm freaked out and anxious because that's just kind of the way I am. And I'm like, what is he doing out there? He's going to die. And so he, he's out there swimming. You would never, ever know that he was blind. Another time, he was out playing basketball with like a group of guys, literally with his walking stick, his cane, and the ball bounced and hit him in the face. He kept going like you wouldn't even know it. The running joke was that he, he wasn't really blind, that he was faking it. One time, our guy friends were all at an Angels uh, baseball game, literally at the Angels baseball game. It's crowded. You've been to baseball games. You know how it is. One of them dropped something, and he bent down and picked it up and gave it to them. This guy, he was blind, but was he really? We'll never know. <laughs> we'll never really know. But that was a blind guy that I knew. He was blind, but really, he could see a lot of things. And just like with Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus was blind. He was a blind beggar. And that's someone who's easily overlooked. How many times have we seen beggars on the side of the road? It's something that we easily overlook. He was a blind beggar. He couldn't see, but he could see. Because he knew that when they said, this is Jesus of Nazareth, his first thing he says, son of David, have mercy on me. And when he is saying son of David, that means something. See, it was prophesied earlier on in the Bible about their coming Messiah, their coming king, and that he would come from the line of David. So he hears, this is Jesus of Nazareth. He can't see him, but he can see that this is the Messiah. And the great thing about this is that the Messiah was prophesied in Isaiah um, 35, 5. It says that when he comes, the eyes of the blind will be open. The ears of the deaf will hear. These are signs that follow the one who is coming that we've been waiting for to save us. And so he recognizes him. He sees him. Son of David, have mercy on me. You're the one I've waited for. I see hope. I see I see change. He could see him, though he couldn't see him. Bartimaeus could see what the Pharisees could not. Sometimes what you and I can miss, he was able to see it. Bartimaeus was a blind man who could see, but Bartimaeus was a blind man who was also desperate. He was desperate. So in verses 47 and 48, I'm going to read that for us. When he heard that it was Jesus the Nazarene, he began to cry out, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many were sternly telling him to be quiet. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me, because he didn't care. And sometimes you get to a place of desperation where you just don't care. You don't care what anybody says. You don't care what anybody thinks. Sometimes your desperation is so great that pride, your pride, it was out the door like five years ago. 
It doesn't even matter at this point. Sometimes desperation is so great and so heavy that even when everyone is telling you to be quiet, you cry out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. And it's getting loud because the story is loud and that's, what, that's what's happening in this moment. In this moment where his desperation trumps everything else, his desperation trumps every other voice that is telling him to be quiet because his desperation is louder in that moment than all of the other voices that are talking in that moment. And I just, I'm, I'm wondering, is there anyone here in that place? Anyone here in that place where your desperation is a little bit louder than your pride? Where your hunger for change is a little bit louder than the other voices that are in your mind? Well, what, what did his desperation get him? What did Bartimaeus' desperation get him? <laughs> well, it got him something pretty big, didn't it? Yeah. Bartimaeus was a blind man who could see. He was a blind man who was desperate. And he was a blind man that stopped the Son of God. He was a blind man that stopped the Son of God. Verse 49. And Jesus stopped and called him and said, Come here. His desperation, his desperate cry, his cry of hope, and his cry of faith, because remember, we see at the end of the story, it's his faith that made him well. So there's something about the combination of our desperate cry, our cry of despair, together with our cry of faith, that here has the power to stop Jesus. And I love that. We see a few other times where Jesus is, he stops. And you gotta, you gotta imagine the scene, right? Wherever Jesus went, when, when he starts getting on the scene and, and the crowds start hearing about this guy that brings healing, that brings hope, that, that, that lame people can now walk, that deaf people can now hear, he's got a crowd around him. He's pretty popular. He's the kind of guy, if you have this guy at your party, then everyone's coming to your party, am I right? Like, this is the guy. There's always people around him, but for whatever reason, these cries sort of get his ear. I remember, um, and you probably do too, the woman with the issue of blood, remember? There's a great crowd pressing in on him, and, he, and she just reaches out and touches his garment, his, his long coat. She just touches it, and he stops. And he says, who touched me, remember? And they're all kind of like, what do you mean who touched you? It's like being at a baseball game, like anybody could have touched you. We don't know. This is, COVID wasn't around then, so it wasn't the same concern. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, who touched me? He stopped then, and he stopped here for Bartimaeus. He stopped in his tracks. Again, something about that desperate cry, something about that cry filled with hope, faith, and desperation and need, something about that cry made the Son of God stand still. We know another time in the Old Testament when the sun stood still, the S-O-N stood still. Now we have the Son of God standing still. What would you do? <laughs> what would you do in a moment like that when the Son of God stands still? So then Jesus says to him, come here. He says to him, come here. 
So they called the blind man, saying to him, take courage, stand up, he's calling you. And these friends, I can't stand these guys, by the way. I don't know if you're listening to our story, but these guys bug me a lot. Because we got at the start where they're telling him, like, shut up, be quiet, like, you're embarrassing us. You know, you all have that embarrassing friend. If you, that's probably me, if I'm your friend. So you all have this embarrassing friend, right? And they're telling him, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet, you're embarrassing us. The text doesn't tell us that, I'm just throwing that out there. So they're sternly rebuking him though. And now all of a sudden, the man of the hour, Jesus stops, the guy who's been doing all the things, he stops. And then they say, hey, come on, buddy. He's calling you. He's calling you, man. He's got this. This is a little sidebar because every time I read this, I think about this. You are who you hang out with. The bad company corrupts good character. You know, we as I'm not a parent. You as parents, um, you we tell the kids all the time, oh, I don't want you to hang out with that friend. Well, why not? Well, because they're a bad influence. That does not change just because you're an adult. Who you hang out with, who you let speak to you, who you receive their words, it matters. It matters who you're with. It matters who you surround yourself with. It matters who you let speak into your life. These guys bother me. I'm just going to say that. They just bother me. But anyway, in this moment, I'm happy because they're telling him, hey, take courage, stand up. He's calling you. He's seen you. He's heard you. He's calling you. So we know now Bartimaeus, he was a blind man that could see. Bartimaeus was a blind man that was desperate. Bartimaeus was a blind man that stopped Jesus. And Bartimaeus was a blind man that was bold. He was bold. So in verse 50, let's read it. Verse 50, throwing aside his cloak, he jumped up and he came to Jesus. So in the commentary reading, your cloak was everything. So, And this is a blind beggar. So he's not going home to some fancy... Uh, dirt floor house, okay? He's not going home to anything fancy. This guy was a blind beggar. So to throw aside his cloak meant he was throwing away kind of part of his livelihood, throwing aside whatever was keeping him from running to what was calling him. So he throws aside his cloak. He's bold, right? And he runs to him. He jumps up. And Jesus, answering him, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabboni, I want to regain my sight. Bartimaeus was bold. His boldness got him a seat in front of the Son of God. His boldness, his desperation, his faith got him a seat in front of the Son of God to now where he is asking him, what do you want me, what do you want me to do for you? Why are you crying out to me? What is it that you want from me? He knew what he wanted, right? Because do we remember at the, at the start what he said? Son of David, have mercy on me. He was calling for Jesus before Jesus ever stopped. He knew the answer to what he wanted. He wanted to see. He wanted to see. And you know, this, this is kind of the question that has been sitting with me the entire time. I don't know if it's been a month or, or two months. I don't know how long it's been. But ever since this lesson, this is the question that I keep coming back to that, that, that basically is the reason for this message. What do you want me to do for you? And I bet you, 
I bet you, if I asked you the same question right now, every person, almost every person in this room would know exactly what that thing is. It might be addiction, it might be a bad marriage, it might be a kid who's walked away from the Lord, it might be depression. I don't know what it is for you, but I bet you right now you know what it is for you. Bartimaeus knew what he was asking for when he asked for mercy, right? And maybe if you have nothing, well, maybe you've just arrived. Lucky you. <laughs> Congratulations, right? But most of us, most of us, I know, I know what I'm asking for. Bartimaeus knew what he was asking for. Son of David, have mercy on me. He knew before the question was asked. And it's just like Jesus. He's the best with questions. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. A lot of times, what he will do is when he is asked a question, he will flip the script and ask a question instead. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but this guy has a way with questions like nobody's business. Like, everybody knows what this blind beggar wants, but, but for whatever reason, it matters that he says what he wants, right? What do you want me to do for you? And I bet you, you know, I just asked you what that would be for you, what that thing is for you, and you know what it is in your heart, and I bet you anything, it's not a million dollars. Bet that's not what you're asking for. I bet you're not asking for a new car, because Jesus isn't a genie in a bottle, like we can just rub the Bible and get three wishes and we're all good to go. It doesn't work like that. He's not Santa Claus. You don't get to tell him if you're good or bad and what you get for Christmas. It, this isn't that kind of thing. This isn't that kind of desperation. This is not that kind of cry. We all want a new car and a new house. We're Americans. We're consumers like nobody's business. Of course we want it. But this isn't that. This is something deeper. This is something bigger. This is a matter of the heart. So he was a blind man that was bold. So we know a blind man that could see, a blind man that was desperate, a blind man that stopped Jesus, a blind man that was bold, and Bartimaeus, <laughs> he was a blind man that followed Jesus. He was a blind man that followed Jesus. Verse 52. So he says, Rabboni, just to go back a little bit, I want to regain my sight. And Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well. And immediately he regained his sight. And did he go? He began to follow Jesus on the road. He, encount he encountered the healer. And now the only thing that mattered is that he wanted to follow the one who healed him. He wanted to follow after the one who made a difference, the one who changed his life. I don't know, you probably didn't notice because you can't see my notes, but everything else was Bartimaeus was a blind man that. And now Bartimaeus is a man that followed Jesus. He regained his sight. He regained his sight, and now he's following his healer, the one who brought him healing, the one who answered his cry of mercy. Now he's following him. This is probably my favorite part of the passage. 
Because what do you think was the first thing that he saw? <laughs> what do you think was the first thing that he saw? He saw the face that is altogether lovely. He saw the face that was his healer. He saw the face that was his hope. He saw the face that was his life. He saw the face that made everything change, everything about him before that moment, everything that he was known for. Do you know what Bartimaeus means? It means son of the unclean one. That was his name. That's what people called him. The first thing he sees when he regains his sight is the one who changed it all for him. The one who changed it all just with a spoken word. Go, your faith has made you well, and immediately he regains his sight and he follows him. Because something happens. Something happens when we encounter Jesus and when he answers our cry of mercy. Something happens. When he brings hope where there was no hope, when he brings peace where there was no peace, when he brings joy where there was no joy, you've seen him heal marriages that were broken. You've seen him, um, this, the young man who we prayed for, his sister. That, that's a miracle. I was sitting here when we prayed for it, and now that baby and that baby's mom are home. Yeah. When you encounter Jesus, something changes, right? Yeah. When we can look upon the one the one who brings that change. It's amazing. We only have the option to follow him, right? Thanks for listening to this message. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear past episodes. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate it and share it with your friends and help us out a lot. If you're interested in supporting